This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I am Sal. I am Ashley Victoria Robinson, and excellent at picking up on cues. Yes, uh, no, I, and I just, I'll just stand there and wait. I, I, I never give anyone the fair warning they need in order to actually properly introduce themselves. <laughs> just like I'm Sal, and take it away. This person needs no introduction, and then I just drop it. Uh, but no, yeah, hey, welcome to the show. Um, so there's a couple of things that we need to uh, head up before we begin. First of which, I sound weird because I'm sick. Uh, secondly, you can't see Ashley because uh, Skype is sick. It made terrible updates and it does not communicate with OBS. So that's a big trash fire. Uh, but you can enjoy the lovely face of Barbara Gordon here as well. Uh, in the other window, we also have a terrific plug for a Kickstarter that Ashley is intimately involved in, and she's going to take a minute and tell you all about it before we jump into our topic. So, Ashley, take it away. Heck yeah. Uh, if you're not familiar with me, you were here the last time I was on the show talking about Kickstarter. Uh, I wrote a comic along with Jason Inman, a very frequent guest here on Comic Pop called Jupiter Jet, and now our sophomore project is an original 80-page graphic novel called Science! And it's with an exclamation point on the end, so you got to say it like that every single time. (laughs) It is going to be published by Eisner-nominated Bedside Press, which is run by Hope Nicholson, who is completely amazing, and we have been trying to work with her for a very, very long time. It stars 14-year-old Tamsin Kuhn-Trakru, who's not only the smartest applied and theoretical physicist in the room, but she has been accepted into the Prometheus Institute, and the name might be a hint about the future of the school, uh, which is the best science school in the entire world. It has cool floating robots called STATS, which stands for Science and Technological Assistant Teachers. Think of them um, as Skeets and Herbie having a baby. They show up and they populate the scenes with stat facts. So we do weave actual science facts into our story. Uh, this was a great suggestion that we got from our editor, like the opening scene, the first seven pages, which you can see on Kickstarter right now. You see a character trying to make rocket boots, but he gets his rocket fuel ratio incorrect. So the stats tell you how to actually make rocket fuel. Shout out to NASA for having a lot of cool articles on that. Oh, cool. Yeah, so Tamsin should be really excited to go to this incredible school, but she's not because her father used to be the headmaster and he died under mysterious circumstances. But like his daughter, he's a pretty incredible scientist, so he downloaded his consciousness into her glasses and he is leading her on her journey to uh, discover and uncover the mystery of what happened to them. The bad thing about that is he can see everything that she's doing, including a budding relationship with her cute roommate, Garen. And (laughs) all the students are working towards winning the Prometheus Institute Award for Superior Science. They all have these little projects, uh, including the rocket boots that I mentioned that you're going to see play out over the course of the book. And Garen's project um, might tear a hole in the fabric of reality and time and space as we understand it. So Tamsin is faced with the decision of helping this girl who she really, really likes 
or maybe protecting the institute that she doesn't think she likes. She's going to learn what it's like to build your own family versus having a biological family and what you can trust. Because in the end, all you can really trust is science. There we go. Hey, hell of a pitch. Thank you. Uh, um, and, and I just yeah. I just want to add real quick, uh, Jupiter Jet went through a traditional publisher. It went through Diamond. It went to comic book stores. Science is being published by a more non-traditional digital age publisher. So this is truly a pre-order. As far as I know, at the time of this interview, the only place you're going to be able to get your hands on this graphic novel is through the Kickstarter. So I would really encourage people, if they think that sounds interesting, to just go to sciencecomicbook.com and check it out. And of course, if you are watching this video, you can always click the link in the description box below this video. It is right there. It's the first and only link that's available in the first paragraph. Because uh, sound knows what's up. That's right. I, know, I, know how to, I know how to sell, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a generic baby, by the way. I wasn't uh, trying to, you know, put you in a box or anything. But, it's okay. So, we're, we're both married. <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying to be progressive here. But uh, yeah, so yeah. before we jump in, I want to acknowledge the amazing people in this uh, in the Super Chats, and then we'll jump into our topic, which is Best Batgirl. Uh, and we're going to talk about some Batgirls and which ones are our favorites and which ones we maybe think are... Are better than others, or or who is the superior Batgirl? I don't know what will what will suss out in this discussion, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Mr. Giggles saying check check reporting for duty. Welcome, Mr. Giggles. Thanks for joining us. The Red Samurai best Batgirls from the animated series, including season four. But I hated the Batman relationship. Also, best Nightwing is Chuck Dixon years and Teen Titans cartoon. You are wrong if you disagree with me. Lol, but not lol. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Mod King Mopey Science. Yes, that's right. Check out Science in the description below this video. Will I am Golden. Hello. Hello, Will. And Cam, off topic, but really quick. How are you guys enjoying the game so far? I assume he's referring to the Spider-Man game. I don't even have to say the title. I think you know which game. And then he put a spider emoji. Yes, that's right. It's a Spider-Man game. Ashley, do you have Spider-Man? Uh, it is in my home. I haven't played it yet. But I'll say this. I really love that you can do um, a skin that is from Silk's First Appearance, where it's just the mask and Peter in his undies. Yeah. I think that's so funny. It's like my favorite thing about the game so far. Um, and I have, I've seen it being played and I've heard it being played. Uh, and I think that Yuri is just killing it as Peter Parker, and I hope it gets him a new series. I think oh, he sounds no. amazing. Yeah, this is this might be, like, the widest circulated Spider-Man media in a long time, like, since the movie. So, like, outside of getting Tom Holland, it would be smart for them to get Yuri to play Peter Parker in any future animated or video game Spider-Man or Marvel-related projects. Because dude's crushing it. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, I'm about 62% finished with the game, and... I hope it never ends. I'm loving the hell out of it. Uh, <laughs> I really want it to cut because it's PlayStation exclusive. I want it to be like PlayStation View, so I can like experience web swinging uh, even more so. But uh, until that time, I'm just I'm happy doing third person. It's really fun. I'm digging the hell out of this game. Uh, so yeah. So with that in mind, let's talk about Batgirls. Uh, before we jump into our favorites and everything, Ashley, what was your first Batgirl? Because I know like everybody's comic is somebody's first comic, a la Stanley. But really mm -hmm. like. Uh, you know, depending on when you entered into comics, it may have depended on which Batgirl you were exposed to. Uh, so that's kind of an interesting question for me. Uh, I think you're probably in the same boat. My first uh, Batgirl I met through the animated series. So it was Barbara Gordon. Uh, I will say that the older I've gotten, I've gotten a little more... Um, I guess critical of that version of Babs. She's not as capable as we see her in the comics. Um, she does have some incredible episodes, though. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah. Sorry, God. What's the episode where she's asleep and she has the nightmare about her dying and her father and Batman fighting? Oh yeah, over the edge. Yeah, over the edge. I was like, heart of ice. No, nope. heart of ice. No, nope. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely wrong. Yeah, that. I think that's a really, really incredible episode, and that's very Barbara centric. Um, but my first comic Batgirl, because uh, I was, it was the '90s, was Cassandra Kane. Yeah. And ba- Barbara Gordon was always Oracle, and I'm sure we'll get into it. Um, but I have uh, a lot of feelings about what Barbara Gordon should be up to. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I. My exposure to Batgirl. I want to say it was an old book I had called Tales of the Dark Knight or Tales of the Batman or something. But it had like a comprehensive guide of all the bat stuff from 1938 to 1986, I think, or 89 or something like that. And so my exposure was really like just seeing the visuals of Batgirl. And I think it came from the 66 show, which, mm-hmm. was, Bat, which was still technically Barbara Gordon. And the, like, Killer Moth 60s era Barbara Gordon Batgirl. Ooh, that's a great version. Yeah, who is, like, very autonomous, very independent. You know, she, like, is an occasional guest star, both in the show and in the comic. Uh, And I always loved her visual, her color scheme, her her costume in both the show and in that version. That's, like, the blue and black with the yellow. It's just, everything worked. Um, But, uh... But when it came to the actual, like, story, the narrative structure of comics, I think it had to have been that by then Barbara Gordon was definitely Oracle. And I don't think there really was a Batgirl when I was reading. So it was just kind of like there there had been a Batgirl. And then later on, there were people who tried to do stuff with a Batgirl character. Like, they did Stephanie Brown, they did Cassandra Cain. Mm-hmm. Nothing really stuck um, in my mind as far as, like, who Batgirl was. It was more like Batgirl was this thing that Barbara Gordon was... And when Barbara Gordon couldn't do it anymore, there is no more Batgirl. Um, yeah. Especially when they did introduce her in the animated series. And for my money, it's one of my favorites just from the voice. And it's funny because everybody identifies Tara Strong with being Batgirl. Mm-hmm. For me, Melissa Gilbert is Batgirl. Just this like really throaty, nasally, like strong voiced woman who's just kind of like, she's, I don't know what, about, what it was about her, but like, I loved that voice. When she first shows up, she just sounds so independent and so strong and so like ready and and and, and I don't know. There's something about that when they change the voice from Gilbert to Bergman to Strong, each one just did worse than the last. Every time she got, she lost a little bit of something for me. So <laughs> I don't know. But I, I always say justice for Melissa Gilbert because I was like, that's my Batgirl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I uh, love that. That's so sweet. <laughs> Uh, I can't laugh too much or I will just devolve into a coughing fit. So please, uh, you know, but yeah. So uh, that was our exposure to Batgirl. Now it's like when you first were introduced to Batgirl through Cassandra Cain, mm-hmm. did you dig it? Or were you kind of like, what's going on here? Oh, man. Uh, I loved her costume so much. And I maintain that it is the best Batgirl costume. I agree. And. Um, I was so taken with it that I was like, okay, cool. There's a ton of Robins. There must be a ton of Batgirls. I'm six. Who knows? Yeah, no, totally. Um, so it's funny. I have a harder time like wrapping my head around derivative characters now that I ever did as a child. Like, you know, we get crotchety and stuck in our ways yeah. the older that we get. Um, I when, when I first read her, she wasn't speaking, which I thought was so 
fascinating. Yeah, totally. And I had um, I had a cousin. I have a cousin, present tense. They're still alive. <laughs> uh, who's deaf? So I thought, even though because Andre's not deaf, but the idea of a character who plays in that world, like she was mute for a really long time, I thought was just fascinating. And I kind of think that one of the um, most disappointing things about her, and I have a list of things I'm disappointed in the evolution of Cassandra Kane, um, was when she spoke for the first time. Mm. I think there's something that's a lot. I understand why you do it. I understand why it's difficult in the in that medium to have a non-speaking character. But I really thought it it took something away from her, and I was super disappointed in it. I continue to read it. Uh, but I just thought she was so cool and she was so badass. And it's not that Barbara Gordon is not badass. Barbara Gordon's an amazing character, but Cassandra Kane brings like an X23 level edge to this character totally. that I wasn't expecting. And when you're a kid and it's maybe one of the more extreme things you've ever seen. Yeah. It, it's really, for me, it was really something special. It, it was a really, uh, when she first comes on the scene in that Batgirl suit where it's just a head to toe black with that kind of like incorporated sewing that you got from the like really over the mouth yeah costume where it's like but the mouth is sewed closed you're like that just that alone you know nothing about her just that's that's her it 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 invokes so much mystery and so much intrigue and it makes you want to know more and the more you do know the more you're like this is kind of this is kind of badass such to the point where literally like not not to self-promote but there was a moment i was on the couch over a comic story the other day and we did a pitch about like uh robins and whatnot and my pitch involved cassandra kane being like a pivotal character and i gotta check that out (laughs) i don't remember if it even aired or not yet but uh but it's pretty tight uh but it's just she is so she she invokes that feeling of like being a longtime member of the bat family while also being an outsider and just her history and her character and just her gimmick, if you can call it that, where she can't, mm-hmm. where she is mute, is so dope. I, I just, I loved it. The fact that, like, it ran for 70 plus dish, plus issues um, is also not a bad, uh, not a mad, bad mark for her, despite the fact that, like, every time she shows up or anytime people talk about it, like, do you know who uh, Cassandra Kane is? Like, well, you know, for, like, 70 issues, she was Batgirl. Like, she's been around for a long time. By the way, she got a Batgirl series. She was the first character to ever get a solo Batgirl series. Babs didn't get one until after Cassandra. That's right. Actually, that which is insane. And considering um, that there had been Robin series before that, it's like insane to be like, why wasn't there a Batgirl series? And Batgirl was so her and Batwoman were so integral to like revamping Batman's image when they were brought on post seduction of the innocent that you're like, why why isn't this a character that's stand standalone that you want to celebrate? Why you gotta be so sexist? I know, Comic right? books in she, the 60s. <laughs> she had her own friggin' show. It didn't last. You got the pilot, but like there's a, yeah. there's a Batgirl show before there's a Batgirl comic. Also, Yvonne Craig, gorgeous and amazing Batgirl. Totally. No, I loved her portrayal. Uh, super fun. And man, like watching the old 60s show... I hated Batman because I was like, Batman's not a joke, but the show was such a joke. I actually preferred Burt Ward's Robin in that show to to Batman. But uh, anytime that like, but I literally like being a comic book fan, particularly before the good movies and before good shows, you kind of just had to like 
sift through the 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 small box that was other media that had comic book stuff in it. Mm-hmm. And so, for my money, it's like. I was like, if I want to see Spider-Man move around and talk, I got to watch tapes of Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And if I want to see Batman be awesome... Do you remember it was tapes? Do we remember tapes? Oh, yeah. Hey, VHS. Uh-huh. Uh, but, like, if I want to watch Batman, like, do anything, I got to watch the 60s show. And there's this moment in the intro to every 60s show, uh, not only the iconic theme, but also every once in a while, Batgirl would motorcycle her way through the credits... Heck, yeah, she would. That was a way to, like, rem- a way to let you know, like, hey, Batgirl's going to be in this episode. And I'm like, this is kind of cool. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. I-, I also love that that's, that's what established her as a librarian. Yes. And that's what made her brainy. And that was something that really set her aside from Dick Grayson. I love Dick Grayson. I love him so much. He's one of my favorite characters. He's not what I would call... Um, the smartest of all characters. I not in like a book smart, just like raw intelligence kind of way. I do no. think he's very smart, but like Tim Drake, I think you and I both agree, smarter than Dick Grayson. Barbara yes. Gordon, definitely smarter than Dick Grayson. And that's something that can set them apart so they're not just both generic sidekicks. You know what I mean? Like he's oh. more of the showy action hero and she's more of like the intellect who's approaching it from a very heady place. Absolutely. Oh no, no, t- it, it, Dick is the heart, Jason's the rage, Tim is the brains, mm-hmm. and Damien is, is, is his son. And uh, Damien's there. Yeah. And Damien's <laughs> there. Uh, and Damien, too. Like, well, and Scrappy-Doo, you know, but... Oh, uh, uh, yeah. But yeah, no, uh, Babs is smart. Like, so, it's funny. I was actually... There's a moment that I always remember, and it's from that terrible book that I had from when I was a kid. Uh, where they had, like, just full pages from the old comics. And there's this moment where Batgirl is, I think like Batman and Robin are staking out a bad guy and then, and the Batgirl shows up cause she's independent, totally separate from the Bat family. She's one of the only care, one of the first characters to be like, so this guy over there is doing something. I'm going to be inspired by that. It's not like Batman recruiting her into his armory army. Yeah. Um, which I kind of really, she like, would... yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to oh. say, Cassandra was interesting because, um, she was in love with Bruce for a long time, which is something that they dropped, I think, because it got a little lowly. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. I always thought that was interesting. I agree. No, it's it's an interesting idea. The idea, though, of like, I never like the incestuous nature of the Bat family. Where like, I think it would be inevitable, though. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, if you're working together like twenty four seven, if you are training, if you're sharing every aspect of your lives together, the question I have is like, what is the age ratio to Cassandra and Bruce? Well, you gotta assume that she's eighteen, right? <laughs> or I mean, like, else it gets 18. real weird. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing, like. But then you go into the Dark Knight territory where it's like, how old is Carrie exactly, Bruce? Yeah, I actually take more issue with, um, here's something that I don't like that they did with Barbara Gordon uh, in Batman Beyond, which is one of the many reasons why I'm not a fan of that series. Right. The fact that Bruce and Barbara are ever supposed to have a romance, I think is so disgusting. Um it would be like Barbara Gordon having sex with her father, or it would be like Batman having sex with Dick Grayson. Like to me, they are truly his children. And that's where the relationship comes. And 
I don't understand. And like now they've carried it over. They did it in um, the Killing Joke movie, which is so problematic. Um, but I don't like that narrative. And then I think it was Kyle Higgins did a series where Babs got pregnant and she didn't know if it was um, dicks or bruises. If it dicks or bruises, and I was like, that's so gross. Just no, stop, yeah, no. please stop. Why are you doing this? They just no, kept driving no, into the no. ground. And it's just, I think that everybody kind of attributes that idea to Bruce Tim being like, Bruce Tim liked this idea and put it in the co- in the cartoons. I, I yeah, I, I always liken it to like, to a, 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 to a teenage daughter sleeping with her father's friend. It's just yes. creepy and weird. And like, I, I, it's a violation of trust that I think Batman, like Batman and Gordon are like brothers in arms. They, 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 they have a, such a like close relationship. And the idea that like Batman would be like, oh, also I'm stooping your daughter. Like, yeah, I, 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 I drafted her into my one man war on crime. And on the side, when we're not like fighting crime, I'm sleeping with her. Like, it's just kind of gross. And I feel like if ever that was to get out, Gordon would immediately, like, it would be like over the edge, but it would be, it, there would be no dead body. It would literally just be like, oh, you're sleeping with her. Okay, well, I'm going to bring the full might of the GCPD down on you because I know exactly who you are and I'm going to take you down because that's gross what you did. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely take umbrage with that. I like, do you like the idea of Barbara being part of the Bat family or being apart from the Bat family? I mean, I know she's I kind like of like her... being connected to it for this long, but like, in her yeah. incarnations. I like her being involved in the Bat family, but I like her being able to have a separate adventure um, a la Dick Grayson. Like, we can see him... We can see him operating separately. Like, you can see Babs... My preferred Barbara Gordon is Oracle. Right. Let me get that out of the way. But you can see... You can see him operating as... Or sorry, I'm sorry. You can see her running the Birds of Prey. You can see her running the Justice League, but her focus is always on her family, which for me is the Bat family. Yeah. Sometimes, um, especially now that she's Batgirl again, they make her. I appreciate that with Batgirl of Burnside, they were trying to carve this new identity for her in this uh, newish continuity. However, um, I think it was too separate. I think she's a character who can be more closely tied than a character like Nightwing. I understand why Nightwing takes umbrage with Batman and why he maybe would want to operate in a more separate way. But I think Babs is there and I think she's in in it for the long haul. I also wish they would explore her relationship with the other Robins and Batgirls a little more. The moment in, I think it's in No Man's Land, where she gives... Cassandra permission to be Batgirl. Yes. She finally accepts her is so good. And I would love to see what's her relationship like with Jason. What's her relationship like with Tim? Because we don't have a great sense of that from story to story. It sort of waffles, but I would love to see her function as a big sister to some of those characters. I agree. I, I actually trying to rack my brain. I don't really, I probably could count on like one hand, the amount of interactions I remember between Tim Drake and Barbara Gordon at any point. Yeah. Besides, like, basically him calling the operator. and Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of, like, weird that he... Ha- I mean, it's not weird, actually, when you think about, like, a teenage boy being like, I'm all about Robin, and then being like, oh, and there were... Yeah, there was a Batgirl, I forgot about that. Like, but it's kind of weird that after he does become... After Tim gets inducted into the Bat family and becomes Robin officially, there's very little, like, interaction and interplay between Gordon... Between Barbara and Tim... And mm-hmm. that's kind of odd. Um, I always liked her 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 role as Oracle 
over Batgirl because, like we talked about a little bit about derivative characters, you know, I like the idea of Batgirl. I liked the idea of Oracle more, I think because I think Oracle's a more original idea. You know, when yeah. They, when they first came up with Batgirl, when it was originally like Batgirl and Batwoman, and they were like crime fight, they were their own crime fighting duo in like 1960 or whatever. Uh, that was uh, that was definitely a response to being like, what if there were more Bat people, but they were women, and we just did that, like, and we just drew you know Batman and Robin, but they are girls and they're Bat characters. The idea of like making of going like, okay, well, I want to. I mean, well, the, the origins of, of Barbara Gordon's uh, crippling from, like, Alan Moore being like, I want to I do this in the story. To, yeah. I guess Levitz. I don't remember who it is. I think it's Levitz who was just like, yeah, knock yourself out. Do it. Like, and we'll put it in the continuity, too. Like, we'll make it a whole thing. Yeah. And then them kind of going, like, what are we going to do? Because it wasn't until, like, I think, Suicide Squad that she finally, like, reveals that she's Oracle and that she's done it's, something with her identity afterwards. It's a minute. It takes a while. Yeah. And... So the idea is clearly, like, they didn't know what to do with her. Someone had an idea. And that's where I always, I'll always prefer that pitch over, like, let's do this. Let, let's manufacture this thing that I want to achieve versus someone coming in and being like, I have this idea for this character. I really want to do it. Because you, you know mm -hmm. that that's going to come from a, that he's going to plumb the, the, the deepest regions of their, like, of, of their soul to get a story out of it. Whereas you're going to rack your brain for like a, for an all nighter to come up with like how I'm going to fill in the void for this thing I'm trying to manufacture. So like whoever pitched that Barbara Gordon being Oracle thing deserves a medal because like it's so original. It's so cool. It's, it then becomes empowering and it becomes like a, like a great beacon for people who either like have, you know, differently abled or they, or just women in power and taking the and mask we don't away. we don't have a lot of characters that do that like when we're thrilled that Hawkeye is using sign language yeah. and he's not even and there are there's lots of people who are hard of hearing there's people who work with hearing aids and and they do sign but it sort of feels like a half step measure whereas Barbara Gordon is like fully in a wheelchair and the most powerful and for a while one of the most important characters in the DC universe totally oh no yeah I the Hawkeye thing I think. Like, Fraction likes it, but anyone mm -hmm. who's writing an Avengers book doesn't remember or care. You know, like, it's never a thing. Yeah. I know Bendis definitely didn't pay attention. But, uh, but yeah, when it comes to, like, but to Barbara, she is, she is paralyzed. I remember, like, do you remember that beautiful, uh, Convergence tie-in that Marv Wolfman, I think, came back to do? Yes, it was one of the, one of the good ones. Yeah, one of the, <laughs> one of the good ones. Well, like, the best thing about Convergence is, like, the three tie-ins that were good. Yeah. Uh, but like, where they, they, it just shows like you don't have to be like she could find happiness. She doesn't need to be fixed to be happy. Fixed in quotes, uh, because that's one of the things that really pissed me off. I remember this is actually funny. Uh, this is going back a ways, but so Brian Michael Bendis used to have a forum called Jinx World. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I was a member of the Jinx World forums back in the day, and there was this dude who posted these amazing pencils of a Batgirl series that he desperately wanted to get off the ground. And he's like, Barbara Gordon has to be Batgirl. And, th and I'm like, dude, you are too talented to be wasting your time drawing a pitch for a book you're never going to write, that they're never going to make. Yeah. I was, just, I was on the wrong side of history in every respect. I'm sure that dude is probably drawing now, but like, I was just like, you are, like, this is really, really good stuff. Why don't you take all these, all this great talent and put it in your own script and you'll actually get it published as opposed to like, drawing 20 pages of a Batgirl story 
that like DC's going to tell you they can't use. Um, but I remember even then people being like, Bat- Barbara Gordon needs to be Batgirl. I, there was a, there was a very small but vocal minority of people who were like outraged in 2002 that yeah. Barbara Gordon was not Batgirl yet. And I'm like, she paralyzed, man. That's all you can Never like, going to happen. <laughs> you, you could fix Batman, you know, but like, because we got to sell Batman books. It's the number one book. It's always going to be the number one book. I'm sorry. But like, mm-hmm. but Barbara, like we found something deep and pure and new and rich with this character. Why, why would we change that just to make her Batgirl again? And little did I know, you know, like 10 years later, they were like, oh, no, we're going to make her Batgirl again. Do you? Yeah. Do, what do you think about Batgirl of Burnside and like what they did with her? After, like, was it worth it? I guess I should say. No. Um, I think the costume is really cool. Um, I have, I have the, I don't know what it is, the ceramic statue that DC made of it. I can see it out of the corner of my eye. (laughs) Um, I think it's a very cool costume. I think it's very cosplayable. Um, I read that whole series. I think it ultimately did not live up to the hype. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if Cameron Stewart had drawn it, like he drew that first piece of art, um, maybe it would have. I think one of the worst mistakes DC made was making Barbara Batgirl again. I really do. Um, I, because I think, I think Cassandra Cain suffered the same fate that Tim Drake did. We brought in a new Batgirl. We regressed. Um, we didn't know what to do with her anymore. They made her a bad guy. Mm, not the worst idea. She's gone through two identities. The orphan identity I don't care for. I think Black Bat was cool. Yeah. Um, I think it was actually a really cool costume. I think it's one of the better costumes. Um, what kind of name is orphan? What does it tell you about her? Her mother's still alive. Fun fact. She's not an orphan. Um, <laughs> but that's fine. Um, I just think, I think with reboots, I understand why companies want to do them. I understand why you want to do clean slate. The new 52, I enjoyed a lot of, um, and the DC YOU that kind of spun out that second wave of like Gotham Academy, Batgirl, whatever. I think yeah. Gotham Academy is so much better. But Gotham Academy either, is like the best thing that came out of DCU. Either do a clean slate or don't, man. And That's the, the new 52 was like this half assed thing where if they were like Hal Jordan wasn't going to change because Jeff Johns was in charge and he was finishing up his magnum opus over there. Yep. And Batman didn't really change. Um, but I have a hard time with the timeline believing that. In five years, we went from Dick is Robin in the Underoos to Nightwing. Yeah. Like, what? And Tim was never Robin, and, and Babs was paralyzed, but then was, like, unparalyzed. And then, to me, um, the comic-y, comic-y explanation for how she got unparalyzed was not really in understand well. it. Like, I still it's don't even micro- really get it. Chip, it's, like, the same thing that they wound up doing with Felicity and Arrow. And it's also because... Um, I didn't particularly enjoy her first series as Batgirl. Yeah. Um, That's the Gaston series? Yeah. It's just, it's not bad. It just wasn't to my taste. It wasn't the kind of story I wanted to see from Batgirl. Um, That's all. There's nothing objectively wrong with it. There's nothing objectively wrong with Batman of Burnside. Um, And if people love them, I think that's amazing. But for me, they were taking this character and they were walking her backward um, instead of letting her progress, which I think, the new 52 did to a lot of characters. Unfortunately, I think Superman um, suffered the same thing, which is not to say that there were no great Superman stories in the new 52 because there were. Yeah. Uh, and I think the, the t-shirt and jeans design kicks ass. I think it looks great, but I think it halted Batgirl as a mantle instead of moving it forward. I'm not advocating that 
it should have stayed Stephanie Brown because I definitely don't think that. Really? I'm not advocating that they should have made a new Batgirl because we've seen what happens when there's too many Robins. Tim and Duke don't get to do anything. Yeah. Um, but I think this living in a stasis has been to the detriment of some Bat characters when their relationship to the larger Bat family is ill-defined, unfortunately. Yeah. I, couldn't I think that was that's fair. too long an answer, and I think I got off your question. No, no, no that's totally right. No, you, you nailed it. My, uh, the thing about the Batgirl of Burnside thing is that that was the perfect opportunity for them to go, we are going to New 52 this, where it's a reboot Barbara Gordon was never paralyzed, and in fact, we're like we're gonna walk it back to the point where like this is the first time Barbara Gordon's gonna be Batgirl. Yeah. Like if they wanted to do that, where it's like, no, we're gonna one more day, Batman. Yeah, where... give me twelve-year-old Babs and ten-year-old Dick. I would have appreciated that hard reboot so much more. I think so. I think it would have been. I think it would have been easier to swallow for everybody because then, you know, the the hardcore fans who are like, who are hurt. They have their old universe, and they can now, like, enter into this new universe with, like, seasoned experience. You know, oh, I know what's going to happen, or I think I know what's going to happen, and then being being blown away. And then you have the new people who are like, straight up, oh, this is Robin. Like, oh, Dick Grayson's the, the, the new Robin. This is cool. Like, and just start from there. And then when, ba- like, if, if, that back, if that Barbara Gordon had showed up in that Baccarella Burnside outfit as her debut, yeah. I think that would have been, I think that would have made significant waves. I also, I like Barbara to be about two years older than Dick. Yeah. And so I don't like it that now, I think he's 25 and she's 21. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know. I don't like that dynamic as much. It's And again, there's nothing objectively wrong with it. It's just my personal taste. Yeah. There's this moment in like one of her first, in her like debut where uh, she bursts in on like a sting that Batman and Robin are going to commit. And Robin, so it's Tim, it's Tim Drake in his underoos. He, she's like, oh man, I screwed it up. And Tim or and Dick reaches up and he like condescendingly strokes her chin and says, "Cheer up, Batgirl." Yeah. But it's hilarious because you got to reach like a full foot and a half up into the air to yeah. like give her <laughs> to give her comfort. And I'm like, man, you look like a huge tool. Like you've completely informed what Batgirl is gonna think of you and treat you like for the rest of your life. Um, which I really dug, but uh, I don't think that that was the intent of the author, but it's definitely the intent, you know, looking back 40 years later. Um, yeah, totally. So <laughs> let's jump into the super chats again really quick, just before we, we continue. Uh, Stuart Mc, Mc, McIntilly, uh saying, get b- get better soon, Sal. Thank you very much, man. First back row was Cassandra, but love me some new, some pre-New 52 Stephanie Brown, especially with the purple integrated into the suit. It's the, a great suit. That's right. It's a great suit. <laughs> literally it. Like the best thing about Batgirl of the, about Stephanie Brown Batgirl is that purple suit. I remember Tiffany was like really into it. She was like, I think I want to do like, cause she, back then she was like, I'm blonde. I could do the Batgirl like Stephanie Brown suit. I'm like, yeah, it sounds great. Like you'd look cool. Um, she like read some issues and she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't like this guy. I don't, yeah. like, I don't like her. And then you were like, well, someone made a mediocre web series about it. So don't worry. Exactly. <laughs> Will I am golden. My first exposure to Batgirl was Barbara, but my first Batgirl comic I ever read was when Stephanie took over the mantle. Also, the Burnside sw- uh, suit should, uh, sorry, uh, the Batgirl suit looks better, would would look better on Stephanie. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know. I think because, because it's Batgirl's derivative. Like, like you can see the color scheme was definitely inspired by Steph's suit. Totally. I mean, well, there's the purple and 
the fact that like Barbara's supposed to, I, I always imagine Barbara being like 30, but what do I know? Um, oh, in my Batman timeline, I think like in my head canon, Dick Grayson is like 35. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> Batman's like, fi- like 50, 47. Or? I think yeah, we did a, not, not to do another plug, but on uh, my podcast geek history lesson that Sal has been on a number of times. You might be our most recurring guest. I think so. Um, Jason and I talked through our Batman chronological timelines, and I think my Batman was either 45 or 47 by the end of it. And I was like, well, I think Affleck's 44 or so. Yeah, I'm no, not wrong. I'll take a 47-year-old <laughs> Batman. He looks great. You know what I mean? Like he's, uh, Totally. And he's got performance enhancers and probably secret Lazarus pits he could use. Right. Just huck him in a Lazarus pit. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Roboto, hello, Sal. You are, you, you are feeling better, yes? Trying, man. Thank you. Uh, Tevi Smolka, Stephanie Brown is my Batgirl and Barbara as Oracle. Fair. I see a lot of people who, whose introduction to Batgirl was Stephanie Brown, which is kind of interesting. Hey, uh, man, more. If you like her, then there's more Cassandra Kane for me. That's right. <laughs> uh, St. Lugia saying Cass and Bruce were far more father and daughter for me. Fair enough. Um, Aaron Burke, two things. I hate the name Orphan for Cass. I think me too. I think a lot of us do. Uh, Batwoman or Babs should take on a Batgirl like Tam Fox or Maya Duckard. Uh, I love Tam Fox and I think she's really underrated. And fun fact, I only know this because, uh, just to bring it back to my podcast one more time, recently did a geek history lesson on, uh, Kate Kane, Batwoman, that reboot with that Alex Ross designed costume, it was supposed to be Barbara Gordon. That was the original pitch. Yeah. Can you imagine? I, so ever since I learned that I was like, I would love I, I think Kate Kane is a fine character. I've enjoyed some of her stories. Yeah. I would love Barbara Gordon. If she's not going to be Oracle, I would love to see her graduate to be Batwoman and to take on a more of a leadership role. That would have been really dope. If it, I know. <laughs> so, like, I don't know anything about this. this. is the first time I'm hearing of it. But, like, just 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 by being, just, just taking that idea and being like, okay, so you introduce her, like, she looks just like that, right? So she's pale. She looks, like, ghostly. If that is some way connected with her, like, reviving from her paralysis kind of thing where it's like I'm not like I'm kind of dead you know like it's almost like I'm you know what I mean like it's not my body's been traumatized yeah right like I'm not quite human anymore like that kind of thing is so much better than anything they've done with Batgirl because the interesting thing when you think about the timeline of that too so she debuted in 50 which was what 2011 yeah so they had been thinking about bringing Barbara Gordon uh, back from paralysis since at least the early 2010s. I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. It was always something that they knew they were going to do, which to me is so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, well, that's like whenever you, when you found out that they were like, oh, no, we've been grinding our teeth about the Spider-Man marriage for 20 years. I'm like, what? But, but you've been writing such beautiful stories with them. What, why, why are you complaining now? Like, I know you want to be like, what is wrong? I'm so, I'm so livid about that. That's like, thing I will never let go of. Yeah. Uh, I don't care about Scott and Jean, but I care about the spider marriage. And no. then I was like, look, they're going to grow up and they're going to get married. And I don't care how many girlfriends you get Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's exactly where I am. But yeah, like the, the fact that like, man, it's funny. I can imagine being a fan and then getting a job and j- entering the bullpen and finding out all the dirty secrets of what everyone's planning to do and what like, if only they had their druthers, they would do X and how you're like, don't you understand how that would unravel everything? How that would make oh, yeah. everything bad? 
or sometimes would make everything good. Yeah. Like you hear about these storylines and you're like, that would have been amazing. What if uh, just, you know, to tie into a more recent event, what if Batman and Catwoman had actually been married? Yeah. You know, even if it was just for the length of uh, of Tom King's run. Right. I don't love the idea of them being married, but I think it's interesting new ground that you can break. It's oh. something we've never seen before. And especially like in dude in 2018, it's hard to come up with an original story. That's fair. I mean, like you, you got to do something to keep the keep the gears moving. And you can't just keep giving us Robins, for God's sake. No, Sal and I, I love Robins, and there's too many. <laughs> yeah, there's too, damn, too many damn Robins in my bat mythos. I completely yeah. agree. Robin should be few and far between. There should always be like a seldom, it's just like, oh, just a little flicker of light like a candle. That's when Robin shows up. Exactly. Um, Kane's world in Young Justice Season 3, Babs is going to be Oracle, and I'm so curious to see if she will still be in a wheelchair. On that thought, do you think Babs should be Oracle, or could be Oracle without the wheelchair? I say yes. I say absolutely yes, but I do think when you take her out of the chair, you, you rob the universe of representation, um, and you rob us of a, what, a really important statement that a disabled character um, is the smartest, again, most powerful character in the DC universe. She, I mean, for all intents and purposes, led the Justice League. Right. So I, I think that statement is way cooler than Barbara uh, electing to be Oracle, but that's I suspect I suspect that's what we're going to get from Young Justice. Am I still going to watch it? Uh, 10,000%. Right. Yeah, no. That's, <laughs> that's absolutely a thing. By the way, side note, uh, I've been using that DC Universe app like a lot, and no plug, I dig the hell out of it. <laughs> I want to know when Titans is coming. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> Weren't we supposed... I, I, I love that app. Um, I think it's great that it's happening. No shade toward it. Um, but I thought we was launching with Titans and I love yeah. Titans. When are we getting Titans, man? <laughs> yeah. uh, for me, after that taser, I was like, I'll take I'll take Doom Patrol. I'm way more excited for Doom Patrol. With the, uh, the oldie Timothy Dalton, who was just cast. Tim Dalton is the, uh, uh, like as Miles Coulter, like that's dope. Brendan Fraser is Robot Man. Like, all the why are look- people excited about Brendan Fraser? I didn't know he was a, a, a guy that people liked. And I was I like, like, ooh, Brendan, Brendan Fraser. Has, and everyone this, is so excited about it. I'm baffled like, by it. He has this, like, weird charisma that's, like, anti-charisma. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's like when you watch The Mummy for the first time and you're like, look at this man trying to be Indiana Jones and failing so terribly at it. But, like, in his failure, he achieves something else. And I, I gotta like I gotta give him props. I don't know why, but like I like watching him. He, I'm here for it. I hope he's great. But I was just I, like I said, I was shocked that so many people were t- seemingly genuinely thrilled with that casting choice. Yeah, I think it's also the dudes had a hard time. Like he he went he fell in some hard time. Apparently, there's some like abuse allegations. Like yeah 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 on on him being the on the receiving end, and it's just which. For him, I will say, if nothing else, good for him for speaking about it. Exactly. But it's also like, it's, the dude deserves a break, and I hope that break is in the form of Robot Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, truly. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, somebody has a great question that I want to talk about in a minute. Uh, cool. What's it called? Uh, Stephanie Westgate, Babs and Jason versus the Joker. That's a great idea. Uh, I could get behind that. Right? Mr. Roboto, Hawk and Dove are birds of prey. I, I, sure. Sure. Uh, Why that, not? That will go into my <laughs> thing, but uh, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, Jam Call X, Steph puts the much-needed girl and Batgirl, Bab, Barb, 
had long outgrown the role. Yeah, she's more of a woman than a girl. And seeing Stephanie really grow while arguing with Damien was a treat. That's fair. Yeah, like, Batgirl does have, like, that, like, younger, like, sound to me. Well, girl, you know, implies implies a certain amount of youth. Yeah. yeah. Which you don't get with the male names like Robin and Nightwing aren't even Red Robin are not evocative right. of uh, a specific time in your life. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's cool that that's what people enjoyed about that character. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Roboto, keeping her in the chair, put her in the back neck. See, I think. Oh, that, that's interesting. Because if you put Barbara like is she elects to be Oracle in either the yeah. comics or the show and she's just like, I, I choose not to wear a, a Batman suit. When the going gets tough, she's getting in a bat suit. But like, oh, if she is, but if Barbara's in a wheelchair and she's like, "Oh no, everyone's being like defeated and and murdered," what, you know, she's she only has so much she can do. But like, let's plumb the depths of that and find out what she can do. And then, if you wanted to put her in a bat mech, that would be all the more cool to see. It would be cool if they put her in the bunny suit since that was Gordon's suit. Right? That's a great... I can't think of a better better way to describe it than the bunny suit. I know that's not what it's called. Yeah, for a second I'm like, bunny suit? Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, Um, not the Playboy suit, guys. Grow up. Grow up, everybody. Uh, (laughs) Because I know that was exactly where you went with that. Um, But uh, what was it? Oh, so did you ever watch the Birds of Prey show? I did not. Well, it's available on the DC app. Not to plug that again, but, like, I watched the pilot. It may be the worst thing DC's ever made. Oh, dude, I've I've heard it's not great. It's one of those things that I have in my back pocket for if we're ever going to do another, like, a, a live stream of something that's sort of intentionally not awesome. Yes. Um, it, it's, you got to do it. Like, you have to do it and film it because you got to see those, re- like... Knowing, especially, okay, because, like, when Birds Break came out, the CW was was coming into its own, and so, like, the idea, it's funny, actually, Arrow would have succeeded regard, like, if they had done Arrow instead of Birds of Prey, Arrow would be on its 20th season, because uh, <laughs> it's the same damn thing, it's just like, where we got superpowers, but we also have sex with each other, and we're sad. Um, hey, man. <laughs> I effing love Arrow. That's I will fair. hear no bad words about it. <laughs> it's not. It's not a perfect show. Um, I think Arrow. Just to speak maybe to the difference, I think um, the success of Arrow came out of the time when it dropped. I think Birds of Prey might have been too soon. Yeah. I don't know because Smallville was still going on, wasn't it? I think so. I think either it was right on the edge of of Smallville ending. Yeah. And they were like, we got to do something. Because. Arrow came out, what, a year, two years after Smallville ended? I didn't watch Smallville. I don't know. Um, Yeah, I I watched the first couple of episodes of the first season and was like, he's never going to be Superman. I don't care. Yeah. um, I just don't care for Tom Welling as an actor. Uh, He was not great. He, like... I think I think he's I didn't probably realize. a much better director, and that's why he's been directing for a long time. Oh, cool! <laughs> yeah, he's a TV director. He's doing just fine. Everyone who's sad that he doesn't act anymore, yeah, he's yeah. making so much more money than he probably ever made as Superman. No doubt. But um, even though the current DC universe thrives on giving us too much content, so that our brains are going to explode, I think we at the time and where we were at culturally with nerd content. I think we needed a little more space before we could have appreciated something like Birds of Prey. Yeah. That being said, 
I've heard there's great casting choices in that show. And I do, I do hope that we, we've never called the show Birds of Prey. And I think there is room for a great Birds of Prey television show. I really do. Totally. Um, the best thing they did about the Birds of Prey show was in the pilot. They had, uh, they, the Joker shows up, but he's all in shadow and like out of focus. Yeah, so not just, the Joker, but the Joker. But they just had Mark Hamill dub the voice. Oh, that's genius. It was just, they were like, he's, we're not going to see him. He doesn't do, he literally, he, he kills Batman and Catwoman. And so Huntress is Oh, that's daughter. wild. Yeah, that, the show is like 20 years oh, after Huntress Batman Oh, Huntress is their daughter, like, yeah. like in Earth 2? Yeah, like in Earth 2. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like, it's, like, like I said, like the, the opening pilot, you're like, comic book show. Like you see, you, you don't see Batman, you see like his cape and his cowl and, but then, sure, like we like we saw Superman forever on Supergirl. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but like, yeah, J- Mark Hamill plays the Joker. I don't know. I don't think he wears the makeup. I think it's a he, he dubs over an actor. Um, and then the show is like, I don't know. It, it and then it completely turns into its own interpersonal drama. Although there is like high flying superheroic nonsense going in there. I think also Harley Quinn shows up in that show. Um, I th- want to say you're correct, but I really wouldn't know. It's 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 a, it's a scene. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, birds of prey. Uh, oh, so my question is apropos birds of prey after see, saying, did you see the show? Do you think there's room for a movie? I mean, we're getting one that's called birds of prey. Yeah, but do you um, think that, oh, well, like we're getting one the same way that like, do we just found out Henry, Henry Cavill's never going to be Superman again? <laughs> uh, not confirmed though. Is it not confirmed? I thought it was no, like pretty so- much. Um, so there's a quote from someone at WB that said, basically, we don't have them on the schedule. There's a quote from Cavill's reps that are like, um, he still has the cape in his closet. He's still very interested. Uh, you'll be, you'll have to hear more from WB about it. And then WB kind of walked it back and they were like, oh, we just like don't have anything in active development. Right. So I don't think it's confirmed in as much as like Affleck's never coming back to Batman. Right. Well, we're, we're, I expect after they announced or after I heard the announcement that sounded like Cavill wasn't coming back, but you are absolutely right. There is a quote from his publicist that says the same thing. Um, when they said, when it seemingly looked like Cavill wasn't coming back, I'm like, well, the Affleck announcement should be like any second now. Right. Like where he just says, oh yeah, no, I'm not doing that anymore. I think um, I think it also might have come out of Cavill's not going to be in Shazam. That was confirmed okay. because he couldn't they couldn't make it work with his schedule. Yeah. Now he's very busy. He just got Witcher. Like he's doing great. James Bond is going to be up for grabs in five seconds, and I know he was the alternate to Daniel Craig. Oh wow. Um. So I don't know. I think maybe this is like a soft confirmation that. After we get, we're getting Wonder Woman 2. That's the only movie that we have confirmed. Ray Fisher actually said earlier that he doesn't think he's coming back for Cyborg. He doesn't think there's ever going to be a Cyborg movie. <laughs> he's right. Uh, which is a bummer because he is wonderful. Like, he's a great, he's a great actor. He's going to go on to have an amazing career. Yes. And he was a great Cyborg. Um, but I think we're going to slowly get confirmation that this DCU, as we understand it cinematically, um, is just going to we're, I think we're done with it. I and I so. think, uh, I think I can't remember who broke it, if it was THR or Deadline. Um, but I think, I think an intern or someone a little further down the food chain spoke out of turn. But we're also, you know, we know, we've known this since, I believe, last year. We're in a regime change for DC Films over at WB. And this might be the, 
the first grinding of the gears as to the new direction that they're going in. I do think the Birds of Prey thing will happen, though, because Margot Robbie is just using, like, all her force of will. Yeah, which... Um, I, which is cool. Like, I yeah. have a lot of respect for Margot Robbie. Yeah, she really... she's She is a hell of an actor and does a great job with that character and with any character she's given. Uh, I saw Tanya recently, and she's friggin' amazing. Can you believe that that... Oh, so I didn't see that in theaters either, but I was... Sh- Freaking shocked that that thing was good at all. Yeah, me too. And it's like really, I was like, this is clever. What they're doing here is really good. Like, I'm digging this. It was, what's his name? Uh, Sebastian Stan disappears in that role as uh, as her husband. Yeah. It's freaking Bucky. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, but I hope that happens because I think that could be cool. Mm-hmm. But well, Cassandra of, Kane might be in it. That's the thing. Like, if they do Birds of Prey, it, will there be a Batgirl in it? Yeah, hopefully. And if so, which Batgirl will they do? Because... Well, since apparently it was so hard for Joss Whedon to come up with any ideas, <laughs> makes me so it makes me so livid, and I just... Mm, he, I, I can't tell you how mad I am about that. That's fair. Um, I would assume that this is where they're going to plunk... Um, this is where they're going to plunk Batgirl. You know what I mean? Yeah. If they, it actually makes a lot of sense considering the deep development they are actually working on with the Supergirl movie. Yeah. Which I'm shocked. Me too. Like, especially since the show is kind of successful and it's like, Uh, I would say debatably successful, but yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's on and people are watching it and it's still like, you know, I mean, if it was, if it was, that would be my first show to cancel if it cost any if it, if if we were losing viewers. You know, like yeah, it yeah, must yeah. cost a bundle more than like any sh- other show that we would be producing on the on the CW, um, or whatever channel it's called now. I think it's still CW. Either way, but yeah, with a Supergirl show or movie in development, Batgirl can't be far behind in this world. Yeah, hope um, so. Yeah. Uh, I guess before we wrap up here, best Batgirl costume, go. Oh, uh, Cass's original costume. No question in my mind. Well, yeah. Yeah. I really do. You can, you can disagree with me. No, That's okay. I, I gotta tell you, like, I, that one is so cool. It's basically, for me, it's just a Batman costume with the mouth sewed shut. But, yeah, but you're on, you're not wrong. Yeah, but on a tiny person, on, on a tiny female body, it's kind of awesome. <laughs> it's like that much more. It becomes its own thing as, it, as it, like it transforms. But uh, I, I'm a sucker for the black and yellow, the old uh, old suit, which is a great design. That's absolutely. Thin. Like, and it's on. It's I think the the one I always think of is the one by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, where it's like on every sticker and every T-shirt and every Target, where people are like, by the way, what is up with that? With like Target being like, okay, here's your Batman merchandise. It's a picture from 1972. Wonder Woman's the same thing. It's uh, yeah. Jose Garcia Lopez's art. I wonder if what that is is the way licensing works. It's exactly what it is. <laughs> you know, like, we own like, that in perpetuity. Uh, but no. not even that. I just wonder if licensing kind of rolled out. a. Co- they were like, you can have the Lopez collection. You can have the this person, this era collection. And that's the one they went with. Mm. Um, 
Also, I think it's a safe choice because his designs are modern enough to still be evocative and appealing. Like I bought one of his designs from Hot Topic. Yeah, that's fair. Well, but they still throw back like they're they're just silver agey enough that if that's when you were coming up in comics, you're like, wow, this is evocative of my childhood and what I remember comics being like to me, they they straddle that line in a way that if you used um, like a Cameron Stewart Batgirl, there's a very specific moment in comics history that you're capturing. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going with like basic with, with, with for all intents purposes, like the first Batgirl suit, there's, there's hard, it's hard to argue. Yeah. Um, But yeah, if you were to do like, if you were to put a bunch of like David Finch, Wonder Woman, images on shirts and be like, yeah, she looked like that at, at, for a time, you know, like that was, yeah. that was a look. Yeah. Um, that was, that was an odd time. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good way to put it. Yeah. But, uh, Ashley, thank you so much for chatting with me, by the way, her idea. I love this topic. Just talking about Batgirls, uh, it, it invokes, by the way, if you haven't checked it out, our previous episode, we did it. We talked about Robins. So, uh-oh, I don't know what we're going to do next. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to jump out of the, maybe uh, Super Kids or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Super Boys or Super Girls or yeah. Super Pets. Who knows? But thank you. Oh, Super Pets, dude. We should do Super Pets. Right? Uh, try to remember that when I hit you up next time. <laughs> exactly. But uh, thank you so much for having me on. It oh, means a lot. Pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, before we go, remind everybody again about this incredible Kickstarter you got working on, which, by the way, if you want to check it out, you can check the description box below this video and find a link to uh, or take it away. or if you like typing sciencecomicbook.com will take you right there think of it as what if harry potter went to star trek school but wanted to take it down from the inside and was a nice indian american girl that is a hell of a pitch <laughs> thank you uh, but uh we want to thank you all so much for hanging out with us and we'll see you guys next time here on comic pop i'm sal that's ashley Victoria uh, robinson that's we'll- true <laughs> <laughs> you were ready i was like okay i'm gonna i'll fill in the void nope okay <laughs> well that's i got this hosting thing done down pat. i nailed it oh dives I'm, I'm, I'm hosting a kevin conroy panel in a con this weekend oh break a leg thank you this is this is not voting well for me <laughs> uh but uh but hey well he's a pro i'm just a fool so you'll be you fine. know what like no it, it, you, you've been you've been incredible but uh we'll see he'll just take it away i mean nobody wants to hear my voice anyway they just want to hear him i'll just hand him the vo- i'll just hand him the mic off camera and be like just do your vengeance in the night speech yeah yeah we don't need anything else i'll get a fog machine and then you'll come out um that's how she should do every that's what he should do every time now that I think about it yeah oh. anyway, <laughs> we'll see you guys next time thanks a lot for watching bye